Hello and welcome to the Swift Coders Podcast, where each week we interview an amazing Swift developer about their experience with Apple's new open source programming language. We hear their stories, learn their tips and tricks, and try to leave you feeling inspired and empowered on your Swift Coder journey. I'm your host, Garrick, and today's guest is Jeffrey Fulton. Jeffrey is a freelance iOS developer, as well as the organizer of the Winnipeg iOS Developers Meetup Group. Welcome to the show, Jeffrey. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure. How's it going? What are you up to? It's going fantastic. Right on. Yeah. So you are, where are you? Are you in Winnipeg? I'm near Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Okay. I've never been to Canada before. Oh, no? Well, you're yeah. welcome to come on up anytime. Yeah, I'd like to. My brother <laughs> played hockey uh, growing up, and so they went up there a couple times for like tournaments, but I just I never had the chance to go up there. Um, where is where is Manitoba, like well, in Winnipeg? So just to be, just a shout out to my new hometown, I actually now live in a small French town called Notre-Dame-de-Lourdes. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, Notre-Dame-de-Lourdes, Manitoba, population, uh, thriving metropolis of 700 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is country life. Why did you move over there? Uh, Well, why? Because my wife uh, moved here for her work. Oh, cool. Um, but why do I stay here? Because I absolutely love this lifestyle. Nice. Yeah. So it's um, like more peaceful. What? There's like more um, nature. That's like yeah. more. Yeah. Like I live in the city. I wake up and there's like helicopters and there's like trash machine, you know, trash trucks or whatever, yeah. garbage trucks. And there's like people doing all sorts of work, like construction. Um, so, I mean, sometimes though, it's pretty peaceful and there's like birds. But uh, is that something that you guys get there like every morning? It's nice and peaceful. It's absolutely peaceful. I'm um, uh, like I grew up in a city too. Uh, probably not large by your standards, but uh, Winnipeg, the town I grew up in, uh, I think its population is seven hundred thousand. But so big enough city. But yeah, I I never really appreciated how much noise there is in the city. Like I didn't notice it. I guess we tune it out, right? Um, but once I got out here, now that I've lived here for um, coming up on two years, when I go back, it's so loud. And over here, all you hear is birds and wind in the trees. Yeah, so I guess like the thing, you know, with being uh, developers, we can kind of do our job anywhere. Um, however, like a lot of companies, you know, they, they are, are headquartered in a city and they want you to work at their office. Nowadays, uh, companies are becoming more okay with, uh, you know, remote work. Or, you know, you could create your own app maybe and like live off that or you could do contract work. So I don't know, maybe one day, like Lucy and I will find ourselves living in a nice, serene, beautiful nature. I just have to find like a remote gig or I have to like start my own company or something. Yeah. How are you making it work? Uh, Well, I started out when I when we first moved, I was uh, already working full time, like as an employee, full time in an office in Winnipeg. Um. Uh, and we moved out here. Um, I didn't, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> I didn't really give them an option. It was like they either had to fire me or they were going to be okay with me working remote, nice. um, which they were, they were uh, very good about. And they said, okay, yeah, well, they, they did not want to have remote workers. Uh, right. They still don't, but they did, I guess, make that exception for me because I was already um, with them. Um, and so for a few months, uh, that's what I did until I switched over to uh, doing uh, more like contract work and they were my first client. So I just started doing, like we finished up the project that I had been hired for. So I switched over to more of a contract role where they just let me know when they needed something. Oh, wow. Okay. So is this, uh, this is kind of recent, right? Yeah. Uh, recent. It, well, um, it's coming up on a year ago, probably now, I think. 
Oh, so wow. I, I don't know if that's still recent. I guess it's kind of recent. So you, you've been living in that area for, or you've been like doing remote work for about a year now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just, okay, uh, cool. just over, over that. Okay. So let's talk about this company then. Like what, uh, you said you were living in Winnipeg, like just about a year ago. Yeah. Uh, what was the co- yeah. What was the company that you were working at? Or, or, yeah, working for? Um, at the time I moved, I was working for a company called One Life. Uh, One, One Life Workplace Safety and Health. Interesting. So they're, they're a local do? company. Uh, they're a local uh, like safety management company, or like safety, uh, um, I don't know what to call that. Safety, Anyhow. St- safety standards, maybe? or Yeah, like they help, uh, they help other companies, like primarily construction companies, to uh, comply with the safety regulations and okay, stuff. So and, safety compliance, safety monitoring, like employee handbooks, like safety employee handbook yeah. type stuff. Okay. Yeah, and advice on how to do things. So, uh, so oh, they consulting. wanted to have... Consulting, yeah. Um, so they wanted to have a... Uh, an iPad app that so, to go paper so that their the people that they were their clients could go paperless. Okay, so and you started. That was you, me. You helped them work on the iPad app. Yeah. Well, I I wrote. Yeah, I wrote the oh, iPad. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. So you were the only <laughs> iOS developer, or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. So when when did you start there? Oh, um, I actually don't know uh, the year, the exact year. I'm. Uh, we'll just say three two two and a half years ago. Say that. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So you. You were working for this company, like you know, at their office, and then recently you moved to like to to Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, Notre yeah, Dame. Okay. Yeah, those and, rolling those R's is tough. I'm still working on it. And then somehow you, so you convinced them to let you work remotely, and then you also then convinced them to just be your client, and now you're you're like a contract iOS developer. You work on contracts, and they they were your first client. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Awesome. Okay. So now then, are you still working for them or do you have other clients or what are you doing right now? Uh, I'm working for other clients now. I haven't, uh, they, uh, part of, part of that transition was, uh, they were looking for a new, uh, iOS developer to replace me and an Android developer, which I think they got, uh, one guy who's doing both now. Nice. Um, that's actually a story for maybe later when we talk about the meetup group, cause well, yeah, totally. we can explain that when we get there. Ask me about sure. that again when we get there. Uh, asking you about what exactly they the about Android the guy? guy the guy that they got yeah that company okay. and how, how one life uh, found their next guy okay cool so so you're working full time now then as like a contract iOS developer yeah that's really cool that's yeah that's just awesome, starting out man. just starting out uh, just starting out like really going um, f- having multiple clients and working as like a real freelancer for the okay. last seven months I worked with one company who had me on kind of an exclusive contract uh, r- arrangement so it was kind of halfway between being an employee and it was it was a contract but I did I couldn't work with anyone else so are you so you're looking for new clients or yeah I'm actively uh, in client acquisition mode in fact I had a meeting this morning before we talked and uh, verbally we I got another one so that's fantastic. Right. Upward. Uh, one of my um, session leaders who I've mentioned before, uh, Raghav Mangrola, he was like, hey, you should do like an experiment on the podcast. You should tell people that you uh, are looking for, you know, you're open to receiving contract work. So why don't we do this? Anybody that is, <laughs> uh, you know, needs a contract iOS developer, reach out to me or Jeffrey and uh you know, I will. If you want to reach out to me, that's fine, and then I'll maybe point you to Jeffrey's uh, direction or reach out to Jeffrey directly. This will be interesting to see if anybody uh, reaches out because, like, a lot of times people are um, interested in learning iOS development, but then sometimes they're like, you know what? I think I actually just want to get this thing made as opposed to making it myself. For me, right. it was like I wanted to 
get it made. And then I was like, hmm, actually, I think I want to make it. <laughs> so anyways, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, cool. Okay. Thanks. Uh, all right. So that's really cool. You're living in this uh, small town outside of uh, Manitoba, outside of Winnipeg, you know, kind of yeah. anyways, near there. You're working as a, a freelance iOS developer and uh, you are the organizer of the Winnipeg iOS developers meetup group. We'll talk specifically about that stuff. Um, but you're, you know, a little later, but you're currently doing that now, right? Is that, is that difficult, even though you're living a little out, out of the yeah. way? Okay. Yeah, it is. And uh, as a result, uh, the right now I'm the I'm kind of like the only organizer for the group, although like, you know, fingers crossed, we're going to uh, some of them, some of our members are starting to get more involved in it, um, All right. which is really great. And so I'm hoping that I can start having like right now we're only meeting once every two months or something. So it's very infrequent, okay. um, but it's been consistent. And okay, so uh, hopefully we gonna- start doing more. Yeah, and we'll talk about that um, a little later. Um, but real quick, then anybody that's listening that lives in Winnipeg, you know, you got to step up your game and, and take the reins from Jeffrey. Um, you know, that's and right. You got to fill that space uh, in your community because your community needs you. But we'll talk about that a little more uh, later too. So before uh, too much of the episode gets away from us, I want to step back um, and learn about you and how you got to where you are. So you're a freelance iOS developer right now. You um, are, uh, you know, you're the, the organizer of the Winnipeg iOS developers meetup group. So um, what are, you know, this is what you're doing right now, but how did you get to where you are? So uh, why don't we start with like, you know, where you grew up and how you got into programming? Yeah, perfect. Uh, so I, uh, like I said, I was born and raised in Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba, Canada. And my, I mean, the, the earliest recollection I have, my, my how did I get into programming story? That's kind of a two-part story because there's a big gap in the middle um so but i'll why don't we start with my first uh computer i like we'll start yeah Um, i love it so yeah so i think i I was trying to like figure out exactly what the years are so i'm you know i don't know uh this is going to be approximate so i think it's like 1994 (laughs) i think i think i'm 11 or maybe 12 okay cool and i remember this part vividly i uh had my my dad brought home it wasn't like my computer it was the family computer because i think it cost like twenty five hundred dollars or something it was you know that was very expensive at that time, but it was like top of the line. And it was a 486DX66 computer. <laughs> Do you remember that? I, that's what no, I remember. No, I don't remember that. It's just funny That's what name. I remember. You know, like I know, the right? day, names of computers, at least like Apple computers, like MacBook. And like, yeah. well, I think, day, what was it? Yeah. 486? It was, I think it was actually the name of the processor. I think the processor was, a, or the architecture or something, it was a 486DX66. And DX66. I, I don't even think. Yeah. Who made I'm, it? I'm pretty sure um, C- 66 referred to the the clock speed, like the CPU. Uh, it was 66 megahertz processor. Oh, my god! Um, and it had a turbo button. Do you remember the turbo button? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. <laughs> so the front of these old computers, you know, these beige boxes, great big beige boxes, and the front of them had this turbo. Uh, they had a turbo button, which uh, which I find I found particularly funny. Um, maybe some some listeners will remember that. But And I think it did the opposite of what you'd think. When you push the turbo button, it actually cut the... It's cut the CPU clock speed in half, so it actually slowed the computer down. Weird. Which was like super bizarre. I don't know who came up with that um, y- user experience, but um, who uh, made the anyhow. computer? Pardon me. Who made the computer? Do you know? Like Compact? I can't recall. Or, or I cannot Commodore. for the life of me remember okay. if it was like Dell or Compact. So or, your dad brings home this computer. Do you know why? Why did he get the computer? Um, no, I no idea. I don't know what his motivation was. Um, 
No, I mean, I guess it was just the thing to do at that time. And uh, he, he had had a computer previous to that, but it was like a work thing. It had one of those green, you know, only green screens. And I never MS DOS it. or something, maybe. What did your dad do? Uh, he's in real estate. Oh, okay. Um, he's actually a broker owner of, a, of real estate things now. But Okay, so he's um, not like a technical engineer guy, but maybe no. they were using computers at work in real estate or something? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, cer- certainly they do use computers, but I don't know if they use them anymore so than every other profession does now. So um, he brings home the computer. Yeah. You look at this thing, and what do you do? Well, here, here's the deal. This okay. computer was like top of the line, and it could play Doom 2. Ooh, and that nice. was a big that was a big deal. I was immediately more popular than I had ever been before. And oh, everybody wanted <laughs> well, actually, to do them at your house. People wanted to come over a lot more, yeah. To come All play right. this Doom, Doom 2. And because uh, <laughs> it had eight megs of RAM, and I think that was like a requirement or something. Uh anyhow, and so but in order to get Doom 2 on the machine, like no, I my dad didn't buy me a video game. So uh, in order to get it, uh, <laughs> I had to resort to a little bit of ingenuity and I had to get a copy. I had to just get a copy and like a cracked version of it or something. And so in order to get this thing, I had to figure out uh, how to use the, like how to, I, had, I think it was like zipping over, you had to zip the one, the whole game got zipped over multiple 3.5 inch floppies, like okay. floppy disks. Okay. So it wasn't like you couldn't put it on one disk, you had to do it on multiple. And so you had to use like a zipping mechanism to like make a zip file, but it spanned over multiple disks. Um, anyhow, all of this required me to learn about using the, uh, I'm going to call it a terminal, but whatever it's called in Windows land, like the command prompt. Okay. Um, so I had to drop back into DOS and get, and like learn how all that worked. And I don't really remember learning it, but I remember spending a ton of time in it. And I, I, I think I like, I fell in love with it. I, I think I enjoyed spending more time on the command line than I did in Windows. Do you remember why? No. I mean, I cannot tell you what it is about it that gets me excited, but I feel pretty similar now how much I, I like how much I like working in, t- in the terminal, like on my Mac now and part of my developer life. Yeah, um, I recently got into working on the terminal um, when I started um, like learning Git flow from the command line. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just learning like basic Unix stuff. And it is super, it is super fun. I, okay, so, I don't understand why it's so gratifying, but it's super fun. And that, and that was really my introduction to, I know that's not really programming, but I started writing like these little um, little scripts to like yeah, automate stuff. That's and, definitely I mean, that's programming. programming. That's programming. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, uh, and then I discovered something called QBasic while I was in there. And Q, I don't know, did you ever touch QBasic? I did not, no. So QBasic was, I, as far as I can recall, it's um, it was actually in like an IDE, like a... What is that? An integrated development environment? Development environment, yeah. Yeah. And it was also um, not a, I don't think a compiler. I think it was an interpreted language. So it was probably, it was like an IED or IDE, sorry, and an interpreter. Okay. Um, but you like wrote the code inside of this thing and it had a blue background. That's what I remember. <laughs> what, <laughs> Do you remember why you got QBasic or what you did with it? Yeah, because there was a game. It, it had like a de- like sample code in it. Okay. And the game was uh, Nibbles. It was called Nibbles, and it was okay. uh, it was like Snake. Do you know like where you got the little yeah, snake yeah. and it like runs around the screen eating? Yeah, things? yeah, yeah. And so, in order to play the game, I had to learn how to open it. Like somebody must have showed me. I don't remember who, but um, and then while I was in there, I st- I realized that I could change the way the game worked by wow. changing the code. Wow. Uh, and and so and then I started writing my felt? own little programs. Um, massively gratifying. For yeah. reasons I still don't entirely understand. I know that one of the questions you tend to ask guests is like, why do you like this? Yeah. I don't know why I like it. I just like it a lot. <laughs> 
for me, I feel like there's this um, kind of element of control, but it's like um, it's it's like a challenging control. Like you're, you know, at the command line, you have this power and this control, um, but at the same time, it's like a challenge. You're not. It's like this black hole that you, you know, you're not really inside the computer, you know, but you have this way of like speaking to this computer. Yeah. It's like this kind of scary. Uh, exciting challenge of control, but not control. Because if you, if you, you know, maybe you type the wrong thing, it's like not going to work. And uh, yeah, so, but definitely there's like some yeah. control or power in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. Yeah. So what did yeah, you, what, what, what did you do with QBasic beyond uh, playing nim- nibbles? <laughs> nimble, nib- nibbles or nimbles? I think it was called, nib- I think it was called nibbles. I actually had to Google nibbles. that before the show. And I was trying uh, to think of kind of modifying game the game. What else did you do? Um, I started like writing my own actual programs, I guess. And they, they were really basic, small little things. Like So they were um, uh, like a trivia game that was, you know, it would ask you a question and give you like three options. And you had to type one, two, or three in order to answer it. And you got points. Like little things like that or like a screensaver that would change colors and stuff. Wow. Just like really little things. But I was, I was like learning basic programming in the language basic. So you're pretty young at the time. Uh, you have this introduction to programming, and you're you know you're really enjoying it. Uh, at what point um, do does and you said you kind of have two parts to the story. So like, what yeah. happens maybe in between, and and what what's going on there? Um, okay, so uh, so where was I? What's going on with well, this? So um, like, pardon me. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, if you want, like, you could take us, you, you, you're starting to program, you're having sort of some fun, yeah. but then at some point in your life, you you come back to it, or you take it more yeah. seriously. Like, what happens <clears throat> in between that time period? Yeah, so uh, so what happens? So uh, it, it has to do with, uh, I guess, with school. So it's... Um, I'm looking at it, these it, notes you sent me, actually, and you were saying yeah. that, like, uh, you know, age eleven, you uh, <laughs> you use your first computer and your introduction to programming, and then around grade eight, something about bypassing school computers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Software. Okay, sorry, sorry, I got I got kind of sidetracked here. No, that's okay. fine. Yeah, so in school, so the deal was, and I, and this is something um, like I, I was learning all this stuff on my own, uh, and in school, uh, I I started uh, in grade eight. I'm in grade eight. Uh, and the school system had this like lockdown software. I think it was called Ace Lock or something. Okay. <laughs> um, on their on their Windows machines. And me and two other students uh, figured out how to bypass it, uh, like how to unlock Windows, um, so that we could access anything. And then we stopped doing the, uh, which felt really cool. By the way, you're talking about like feeling powerful. <laughs> wow. Um, that felt really cool. So and you were able to basically like break into the computers at school. Yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, you guys are, like, doing some really, uh, you know, you're kind of getting into trouble now with your programming. Yeah. But it's still really interesting. I mean, you're learning, right? You're learning how to yeah. do something. Yeah. Well, yeah, right? The, the line between being, like, a professional software developer and a, and a hacker is a, yeah. you know, kind of blurry. Great one. So what so, happened? Um, so we break, we, anyway, we get busted, right? We bypass security. We get busted. And I get called in. Uh, after school one day, me and, and the other two students actually, we get called in after school and we're in trouble. Uh, and the computer, the guy who ran the computer lab, the teacher who ran it, uh, he sits us down and he says, if we can show him how we did it and explain to him how it works, like not just can you replicate it, but can you explain how it works? Right. 
because he, he had no idea how we did it. So if you can explain it to him, or if, if I could explain it to him, then uh, he would make make us like special lab assistant status students or something like that. And Interesting. Yeah, this was really cool, actually. And it was kind of a lesson for life uh, that he, uh, we would we, we wouldn't have to do the regular assignments that everyone else did. So Interesting. like, I don't know what's what computer classes for like uh, were like for you. But for me, it seemed like it seemed like for years they were obsessed with me learning how to type. Yeah, it seemed like it. everything was just learning how to type. I don't yep. know why they were so hooked on that, but, um, and and that was boring, right? So instead, we we're learning how to like crack windows. Um, so so we show this guy, and he just says like, on the one hand, you're in trouble, and on the other hand, this is amazing. Um, that's so exciting. It's how did you learn that? That's so cool. Why don't you instead of you don't have to do these pro, these um, typing exercises anymore? Instead, why don't you come up with your own exercises? And just run them by me. Let me know what they are. But like, you can access the internet because we, we weren't allowed to. Um, so you can access have access to the one computer that has access to the internet, uh, and you can come up with your own projects wow. and do them. So what did you guys do? Well, I ended up. Uh, we each did our own thing. I don't know what the other guy said. I did um, uh, like a. I found this software that could do. Uh, well, I'm going to call it morphing. Like taking uh, what I my final project was. I had uh, pictures of all the students in the class, and I I made a video where the where each face would like morph into the next face. Wow. It, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a really like Terminator two was really popular at that time. And that, you know, the T 1000, you could like shape shift. Yeah. So yeah. I made, you know, all the students shape shift into each other. And that was, that was a big hit. I felt like kind of like a rock star. I think it was really interesting that the, the teacher, whoever that person was like th- thought about it that way. Like if, you know, if on the one hand, if you guys just kind of copied some stuff that you learned and broke into the system, like that's one thing, but if you actually like understood what you were doing and you could show me, that means like you you're really interested in the stuff and that you have like a handle on it, as opposed to just kind of like copying the hacking instructions and that's a little more devious as opposed to like a genuine interest. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that you're like doing this morphing thing, I mean, it sounds like you were doing some real programming, um, like you were really interested at this stuff at that time. Um, Absolutely. So then, for then, I'm seeing on um, that you got yeah. banned from school. Like, what happened? Well, yeah. Banned from the computer lab. So, like, if you were doing this morphing stuff, like, what happened? How did you end up so, getting banned? So this guy, like you said, this teacher was cool. He turned his one of his greatest weaknesses, which is having a bunch of kids who could crack the security system. Um, that's a problem, and he turned it into a, this great strength where he. Uh, not only did we get to do projects, but I also he also had us like helping out the uh, the school administration. They would have okay. these like in services. We'd come in after school and uh, essentially teach the administration, like the principals and stuff, from the for the whole division uh, how oh, to wow. use their computers because they didn't know how. So oh, wow. this guy was super smart, and it was um, like what a great life lesson, right? Like take take our, our weaknesses and turn them into strengths. Like how can we use exactly? These? Um, exactly. And also for the record, uh, I didn't break any. Like I stopped cracking, breaking into parts of the system I wasn't allowed to go to anymore. Like, I just stopped doing that because I had these other cool projects to work on. You were just looking for something interesting to do. I was and, bored. Yeah, yeah. And so he he focused your positive um, intention, or, you know, your positive yeah. energy. Or he brought the positive energy out and, like, yeah. focused it. Okay, um, so then... So what happened is, that the, like, you, you know, you asked about getting banned. So, yeah, the next year, or, yeah, I guess the next grade, I'm in grade 9, I switched to a different area in the school. And it was a, oh. run by a different person. And they Uh-oh. didn't, I, I don't think they knew anything about my, like what had been, I'd been doing the previous year or they didn't care one or the other. And uh, I went, I reverted back to my uh, more devious behavior and I just got wow. banned from the lab right away. And I think so for the, the rest energy, of my. 
the energy wasn't focused anymore. And then you kind of went back into like, okay, well, you know, if I don't have something to do, I'm going to do what I was doing before. And then you, yeah, you, wow. And then you got banned <laughs> from the computer lab. Yeah. And I, wow. I mean, I don't really, I, they wanted me to do typing exercises again. And I, I did, I don't really blame them. Like in retrospect, I was, you know, I was upset at the time, but in retrospect, like the, these guys, they weren't tech people. Um, to them, computers were glorified typewriters and you know, so that they thought we should learn how to type on them. Uh, so but, you get banned, you get banned from the computer lab, you go, you know, you're starting to go into your devious ways. Um, and, uh, what happens? I mean, from, from these notes yeah. you sent me, like, it sounds like it was actually like a pretty bad downward, uh, downward spiral for you. Yeah. So, uh, the, like something else happened and that was in grade nine, I get banned from the computer labs and a part of me thinks like, well, what if somebody would have shown me, you know, introduced me to C++ or something? Like, what, what would it have been like? And I think the answer is it doesn't really matter because something else happened when I was in grade nine. Uh, I got I got drunk for the first time. Wow. And <laughs> that might be a common story for people. But this but what happened to me was um, I mean, we're in the middle of grade nine and me and a couple of uh, me and some like friends went to someone's house for lunch and we got into his parents uh, liquor cabinet. And, uh, uh, I say friends, but what I, it didn't feel like friends. And this is a parallel to actually to how I feel in software. And I think to how a lot of people feel getting into it is I was kind of had this, this, uh, like imposter syndrome, you know, we talk about, yeah, like, I think totally. I had that in my entire life from day one. I think I've always had that and I continue to have it. Um, I just uh, like learned some tricks to deal with it now, but, uh, definitely had it. And I, I, I say they were friends, but they, what it felt like was they were really just, they were the cool kids. And somehow I tricked them into letting me hang out with them. And I felt like an imposter. Interesting. Interesting. And, um, but when we were sitting around there, uh, taking shots from this disgusting, you know, we'd mixed like 40 different bottles, you know, a shot from oh, each no. different type of liquor into one jug. Anyway, oh, um, no. but all when sorts, I, all sorts, yeah. they call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but what happened when that stuff got into my stomach, uh, I, it was like a bomb went off. Um, and I felt better than I'd ever felt in my entire life. And every one of those fears disappeared. That imposter syndrome disappeared. And I was absolutely right with the universe. Wow. Um, so unfortunately that, unfortunately I like that feeling was, uh, an incredible feeling and it was a consistent feeling. And that kicked off an eight year long love affair with, um, with alcohol and drinking. Wow. Wow. And wow. the way that I, yeah, the way that I drink and always have drank. And I imagine if I, I I'm not drinking anymore. Uh, <laughs> so don't worry, you don't have to panic. Um, but, uh, <laughs> if, um, the way that I've always drank was that I drink as much as I can, as often as I can until I can't feel feelings or remember memories. Wow. Um, I think that's called a blackout drunk. Wow. And, uh, and, and doing that became, uh, it became more important than everything else. And so it became more important than programming or I had been riding dirt bikes at that time. Like I raced motocross. Um, it was more important than that. I quit doing that. It was more important than school. I dropped out of school I pretty like right away. I'm, by grade 10, I just wasn't going at all anymore. Um, and uh, more important than friends, girlfriends, parents, even jobs. I mean, jobs was only just to get enough money so that I could get, you know, I can keep drinking the way I drink. And that was every decision in my life. And so for wow. 10 years... Um, I have no programming experience. It just disappears, right? Everything disappears. So, so 10 years go by, you're, you're sort of on this downward spiral as you describe it. Yeah. Um, you're, you that you don't kind of only care about this one thing. Um, you're, you're here now. You seem, you seem to be doing great. 
Um, so <laughs> how does that how does that happen? Um, yeah. I see like at twenty three, um, you start getting sober. Um, secrets the secret is meetups, but like what happens? Um, so if we think about life as like you know, lots of different things happen, but we have these key moments in life um, where we make these uh, transitions, whether they're for good or for bad. Like, what was that moment um, at 23 like that deci- that made you decide, like, okay, I'm going to do something different? Well, I got myself into some trouble. Uh, I don't want to go into details about it, but I was in a situation where I just, I couldn't, co- I could not think my way out of it. I couldn't think of how I was possibly going to get out of this trouble I was in. Yeah. And uh, the details are irrelevant, right? We all come, you know, this sure, happens to people, sure. whatever. But I, I just, could, I didn't have another solution. And the only thing that I could think of was uh, that people in my life, like I didn't think I had a problem with alcohol at all. I, I did not wow. think, I, I, truthfully, I did not have a problem with it. I liked it. It did exactly what I wanted it to do for me. Um, wow. But people around me seem to think, like they seem to have a problem with it or with right. me drinking it. So um, I figured if I could, uh, if I could impress enough people or the right people that I could, I could maybe get myself, I can get some money. I can get myself out of this trouble that I'm in. Uh, and so I called this, I had this, uh, this old family friend and I say old cause he was much older than me. Uh, but he, uh, he had been, he had been this terrible drunk too, uh, for many years and, and ruined his life. Uh, but he had been sober for like 10 years at the time. And he was everything, like you said, I mean, he seemed fine. Everything seemed to be going well for him. Uh, and Someone had had found had made a felt it necessary to give me his phone number. I got his phone number. I called this guy, uh, and he took me out for coffee, and for like an hour or two hours or something, he we sat down. He, I didn't say a word. He pretty much just told me his story. He told me what what hap- what his life had been like when he was younger, what happened to him, uh, the kind of problems that he got in, and what he did to get sober and to stay sober. And he asked me if I wanted to meet more people like that. And I said, yeah, because I really liked listening to it. I really identified with him. And I, I, felt, I felt like someone was talking real, like real life, my language. And I, uh, and so, yeah, I said, yeah. And I met and he brought me in. We met with uh, a whole bunch of other people. I've since met with countless more people that were just like that. I had the same experience. And they told me what they did to get sober and to stay sober. And I started over, this was not fast, by the way, I'll, I'll spare you the details, but it, it, this was over the course of years um, that I'm hanging out with these people and I started wanting to hang out with them like more and more and all the time. And then I started doing the things they were doing, uh, which meant that I started like getting the things in life that they were getting. And that seems to be the pattern. That's like the pattern, right? And that's what we're that's what I get out of listening to the podcast and going to the meetups and stuff like that is just finding people that either have what I want or they can do something that I want to be able to do. And I don't know how I'm going to get there. And it seems impossible. Um, But I just kind of go and hang around them. I start doing what they do. And then slowly but surely. Yeah, there's this saying that like, uh, we are the sort of the combination of the like, five people we hang out with the most. And so uh, you're kind of you're saying that like, you surround yourself with people that you want to uh, to be like, or that you aspire to, or admire, or are inspired by, and uh, th- the things that you, the direction you want to go, um, or the things you want, you st- it starts to fall into place. You start heading in that direction. Um, so, so it sounds like that moment in time <clears throat> when you're around, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're around twenty three, was that you reached out. Or you said yes to um, to this opportunity uh, to 
um, to sort of be vulnerable, reach out and receive um, wisdom, receive knowledge, um, uh, accept the fact that like maybe you could learn something from someone else yeah. and, um, and, and you followed that. And I feel like that's what, uh, that's a similar type of thing that happens at my meetups, which um, aren't necessarily, a, uh, you know, they're about programming. Right. But it's not just about programming, actually. Like what we do at my meetups is like we create a space where people can feel comfortable to say, I am interested in doing this, even though I have X um, number of experience with it, which could be zero to, to, to end. Right. A lot of people that come to my meetups have zero experience. Cool. Well, we create a space where they feel comfortable to like say that, yep. you know, that I'm interested and that. Uh, I'm willing to learn and to be taught and to and <clears throat> to share my experience, and in a very real way, uh, my uh, my meetups are almost um, like what I imagine um, those. Uh, what I'm, I'm assuming is like a support group that you kind of went to, yeah. um, and and because what I've done at my meetups is every meetup we start, um, we all sit together in a circle or in a square table, whatever. We always sit together facing each other. They're not presentations. They're they're sessions, right? And we, we start every session by um, introducing everybody. We, we answer three questions. You know, what's your name? What's your background? And why are you here? And after the first couple of times of doing that, I started to feel like, wow, this is like more of like a support group. Um, but it's like it's almost like undercover support group. But I think <laughs> that's like where a lot of the power from uh, our meetups like come from. The fact that like we take the time to – uh, allow people to say who they are and why they're there and let them know that um, those reasons are valid reasons and we're here to help them achieve you know, their goals or whatever those reasons are. Um, yeah. So it sounds like that's sort of what you did um, in that moment of, moment of time. Um, so you, you, go, you go about th- uh, 10 years, I'm looking, uh, from 23 to like starting this um, journey of getting sober. You, um, you go to university uh, you start uh, overcoming your fear of failure, I'm reading, and you get your first programming uh, job at uh, age 32. Um, so that's almost like 10 years later. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? or? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Just, you mean, jump right into the uh, first programmer job. Is that what you're suggesting? A- yeah, anything. Feel free. Yeah. Uh, well, I do, I do want to just mention something about going to school. Uh, because again, going in with this, I don't know if I can do it. Feel like an imposter thing, and and I really like what you're saying about the meetups about creating a safe space. Yeah. Uh, so when I, like, I did, and eventually in that in that gap, eventually I, after I sober up, I, I go to university for a bit, and I have no idea what I'm going to do. Right, and that's totally fine. It turns out that's totally okay. So I have no idea what I'm going to do. I got different ideas, but I end up taking this intro to programming course because at this point in time, I've completely forgotten that I ever even liked computers. Right. And I, I go, it's crazy to think, but I really did. It's like it was a, like it blacked out or something. I completely didn't remember it. And I take this, I see this intro to programming course to take as like an elective. And I even had to say, it's funny to think now, but I asked my, uh, who's now my wife at the time, girlfriend, I asked her, is it, is it crazy for me to think that maybe I could be a programmer? Wow. I, it was not. And I, I remember I actually asked her that like verbatim because it was what not. What did she say? Because I thought, well, she says, are she made fun of me is what she did. <laughs> really. She was like, are you, are you kidding me? Of course you can be a programmer. You're, you're fantastic with computers. You're the oh, guy that we wow. ask when we need help with computers. Uh, 
And of course you can do that. Why wouldn't you be able to? But it never occurred to me. I was thinking that you had to be some kind of crazy PhD genius or something. And like, I wasn't smart enough. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't have a good track record with school. And so I thought, well, I can't do it. Um, anyhow, it turns out that I absolutely loved it. And that just led to a series of, of school dis- academic decisions I made to go. I ended up in a, a programming college. Um, you know, there were still lots of changes, but um, it turns out I loved it. I did I did quite well at it. I finished my college program with uh, like I finished it. I got a diploma with honors, which oh, is right. Congratulations. amazing. You know, just because I, I loved it so much, I, I wanted to work like twice as hard as everyone else. And so I, I just spent a ton of time on it. Um, yeah, thanks. It was, it felt really good. And it was like in my life, I can finish things. I can, I can accomplish stuff too. Cool. I uh, didn't know that. You said that uh, you saw this intro to programming course and you asked your girlfriend, who's your wife uh, now, but your girlfriend at the time, like what her thoughts were. Um, do you, like who else was in your life um, at the time or like how important was it that you, um, like had people that you could turn to, to say like, what are your thoughts? Um, and like, how did you, how did you deal with that? Well, the, I mean, I did have, there were people in my life. I don't recall asking anybody else about that. I think I just asked her about that, um, specifically that question, but I will say this. I didn't have, I didn't know anybody that was into programming. I don't know if I knew a single computer programmer at that time. Um, I, like maybe they were around, but I didn't know that about them or anything. Uh, so I felt like I didn't have anyone I could ask to for their experience or advice with programming. Yeah. I did feel very much alone right. uh, in that area, which, you know, I mean, that ties in when I, when I, before I got to, uh, before I, I called that guy to talk about, uh, his experiences as, as an active alcoholic, um, before then I was the only person that I knew that was having the kind of problems I was having. And I felt like I was the only one. It turns out I'm not the only one. There's actually like millions of us. It's a very common condition. I and felt, sorry, go ahead. Well, and with programming, it turns out to be the same thing. I thought I was the only, like I'm, I'm I didn't know any programmers. It turns out yeah. that we're very common. We're all over the place. Yeah, I felt the same uh, way. Like right before I started the meetup, I felt like I was like the only person in the world that like wanted to make a change in their life and was interested in possibly using programming as like the catalyst for that change. And that's the reason why I created the meetup was because I wanted to just feel like I wanted to see if there were other people out there, because if there were, I wanted to meet them. Yeah. And I wanted to go through this together. And um, yeah, so that's, that's really, really powerful stuff. Okay, so what about um, like getting into iOS then? I see like yeah. you get your first programming job at 32, your first iOS developer job at 33. Um, like how, how does that workout? How did you yeah, end up so doing that? I jump out of college, I get this, I finish and I immediately jump in with this big Canadian company uh, whose name I will not mention right now, <laughs> but big <laughs> Canadian company, they had just opened up this new like uh, what they were calling an innovation center close okay. by. Um, and so, so it was all mobile development and they had, the idea was they were going to come up with all kinds of neat mobile apps for, uh, um, various things. And, but one of the mandates for the company company wide, the mandate was all development will be done as HTML five technologies. Interesting. So, you know, think like web browsers and, um, and web uh, apps, web apps or, uh, like, uh, hybrid apps, like, um, using uh, phone gap, you know, Cordova. Right. Right. Um, and, and like bundling that into the app store, but in under the hood, it's all using HTML, uh, te- like web technologies to run the app. Right. Uh, so no UI kit, no, uh, no objective C, no Swift. Um, so, but what, what happened there, like I had a pretty short stint there and, and the reason it was only six months was, um, 
I was on this team uh, of maybe, I don't know, three, sometimes four developers at a time. Uh, and we were getting these really amazing designs from the designers. Uh, and so there'd be all these really neat uh, user interface interactions and stuff and animations and cool stuff. Uh, and we'd be, we, we were spending like weeks trying to do this one particular design. Uh, and I, it wasn't going well and we could only do like 75% of the implementation. Like we couldn't, there was some stuff we just couldn't seem to get it to work. Right. Uh, and the CPU on the devices were running at hundred percent. Like, like they, they were getting super hot <clears throat> trying to do these animations. Uh, and so I started bringing at home on my own time. I'm, uh, like desperately wanted to be an iOS developer. And so I started like Swift had come up by that point. And so I started bringing the designs home and on the evenings and weekends, uh, implementing them in native code oh, wow. with Swift and like learning how to learning the SDKs and stuff. Uh, and then I would, I was getting super excited because I was like, you know, one weekend I did this one design and I, I did, we had spent weeks at work trying to get done and I bring it back into the team and I go, look what I did. And the whole team just like gets lit up super excited. Like as, as they're as excited as I am. And they're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. We have to do this. Uh, very shortly after that, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, the management, uh, you know, set up a meeting and brought me aside and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're happy that you're learning things and everything like that, but you're really, um, you have to stop bringing this stuff in because you're killing morale. What? And, yeah. And we, we're doing HTML five. So we need you to get behind that. And like, they don't um, want pe- you distract or they don't want people yeah. distracted away from HTML five. That's right. And, and they were right. They were absolutely right. Like at the time I wasn't happy about it, but they were absolutely correct. I was bringing morale down. People were, people were like getting angry that they, because couldn't. they wanted to do it native. Yeah. Wow. And I was bad for the company. Like it, it was me. They didn't have a problem. I was, I had the problem. And so I realized that right away and immediately resigned and decided just committed, which by the way, I did not have an iOS job lined up. And, uh, one of the pieces of advice I got that I think was particularly poor while I was in college was don't bother doing iOS development because there isn't enough jobs for it. So oh, wow. don't do it. And that, that was probably the, you know, it's laughable now, but it's the worst advice I got. Um, but I didn't have a job lined up and I was scared that there, I wasn't going to be able to get one. But I thought, you know what, if, if the opportunity sh- shows up, um, I have to be ready for it. And so I just decided I'm going to resign. I had enough money that I could float for a bit and I am going to just go head first into writing as many apps as I can, like just small ones, whether they get published or not, I don't know, but uh, I'm just going to learn as much as I can so that when that job shows up, I'm, I'm qualified for it. Yeah, I think it's a really important point, uh, the fact that you, you knew what you wanted, um, or at the very least, you knew what you didn't want. You knew you, knew, you, knew you didn't want to focus on this HTML5 stuff. You knew you wanted this iOS development stuff. You were really excited about it. And you took a risk. You took a leap. Yeah. Um, you just went for it. And you know those, those times are scary. Um, but those, that, those are the decisions sometimes that we have to make in order to um, you know, get what we want, right? They say uh, no risk, no reward. What What yeah. did people tell you? Um, like, for instance, your girlfriend, did you tell her like, hey, this is what I'm thinking? What, what did you, how did you handle that? Uh, yes, I did. I was like, we have a, a lot of communication. So it was, uh, yeah, I, I did. Nobody, none of the people that I confided that in when I was doing it, they all thought it was kind of a bad idea and that I should probably line up a job before I quit, which What'd is, you, you know, them? financially smart. Um, I said that, yeah, that makes sense, but I've already quit. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was, it happened real fast. Like by the time I made that phone call, it was, this was all like within one day. So it was, I I mean, what happened was, is that at at that moment when I was told you can't code native anymore, you can't, you can't work on this anymore. uh, It was like the, like someone pulled the rug out from underneath me. And I just thought, I I can't, no, 
I can't, I can't even concede. I can't consider that this, this thing I'm doing, this writing, this native code, writing these native iOS apps is so fulfilling and so exciting. It's the only thing I want to do. And if I can't do this, like there has to be something else out there. Yeah, I think it's so, important to recognize when we feel that way and to like honor those feelings and to um, to follow those. I mean, if that's what you want, right? Then yeah. To, so to recognize it, honor it, and to, to go after feeling more of that way. Um, so how shortly after did you, uh, I'm assuming like you ended up getting uh, a job with this um, safety company like yeah. you know, shortly after. Yeah. So how, what was that experience? Well, like and, and there's another thing too. It turns out this, this seems to be a recurring pattern for me, uh, in my life at least is that when, like I, I took a big, what seemed like a big risk. Right. Um, and I thought, well, I'm going to have like six months, maybe I'd be lucky if I get a job within six months. And it was, I think it was literally weeks after I left oh, a job, wow. a job opened up, like a placement opened up. Um, and they were looking for someone with way more experience than I had. I had almost no, no professional experience with iOS. Um, and I, but I applied anyway. How did you get notified of the placement or did you find it? And then how did you overcome the fact that you had uh, not as much experience as that they wanted? Well, I, uh, I found them, I think, probably through one of those like online job search okay. uh, things. I had just registered for notifications on them. Okay. Uh, I think Indeed dot something okay. uh, is one of them. And uh, so whenever there was an I when there, like any position with iOS and it popped up, it just sends me an email. And then um, how I did still you- have that, actually. How did you overcome um, the lack of experience? Because I think a lot of listeners might be dealing with something like that. And, um, you know, almost every job posting I see for iOS developers, it's mostly like senior iOS developers. Yeah. And, I mean, nobody's, I don't, I think what it turns out is that when companies are advertising for what they want, nobody says, well, we want someone who's just starting out who maybe is going to take a bunch of time just because we feel like doing something nice for the community. I, I haven't seen that posting yet. Um, what I generally see is people who are uh, companies looking for, they want mid to uh, like expert developers. I mean, they're going to ask for everything. Um, it doesn't mean that they necessarily want or, or well, they would love to have it, but it doesn't mean that they need to have that. They're right. very often, and which was the case with this company, this was One Life. Uh, they were absolutely open to someone, to the right person with the right attitude. They, they just wanted someone who was dedicated and was willing to work really, really hard to solve as many problems as they could as fast as they could. So uh, that's and that was absolutely me. So that's how you were able to overcome that. You showed them through your work, through your through your interview, that you were that person. I showed them through my GitHub account that I was that person, I think. I think my GitHub account sold it more than anything else I had done. So when I showed up, uh, I had a GitHub account with a, as much kind of sample code that I could muster at the time, and I documented it as best I could so that when anybody looking at it, so when the, the manager of IT looked at it, he went, oh, this guy looks like he's actually, you know, he's learning stuff. He's like putting effort in. Uh, and then when I got to the interview, I had a number of sample apps that I had written on my phone and I like, immediately brought them out and said, well, let's look at this. Oh, that's uh, a great idea. Yeah. Have, and, and have them on your phone. Even if they're not on the app store, just have them on your phone. Exactly. Let's look at this. And, uh, I actually went to a couple of interviews like that. And every time I brought my phone out and gave it to the people and said, well, look at this, this is what I did. You want to talk about that code? Uh, they were, my, the response was overwhelmingly positive. I mean, people, sometimes people were like, oh my God, did you, you wrote that? Um, That's such a great idea. I never really thought about that. And half the time it was like I was following tutorials. You know, I, did, I didn't come up with the ideas. I just followed a tutorial, but I implemented it. Right. And I mean, even just that experience, the fact that you went through that tutorial, you have experience with that particular framework or that particular technique, uh, that's really valuable. So. Yeah. Okay, I still learn so, stuff like that. 
So uh, before we, you know, uh, before we end, you know, uh, you know, I want to yeah. make sure we set aside some time to talk about um, your experience as a meetup organizer. But before we get to that, I just want to take a quick moment to, you know, recognize this journey that you've been on uh, and the fact that you were. Um, I mean, ultimately, like I can't judge it, right? But like you know, you you describe it as this downward spiral, um, and you've you you've came back from that, and you set yourself up on a path which it sounds like, from your own words, like you're you're enjoying that more. And so, I just want to recognize that you went through this struggle. I'm assuming for ten years, um, and were able to bring yourself back, um, you know, th- through that, and to push your life forward, and to now be a positive example for other people out there. And so just like congratulations on, on doing that. And like, um, I don't know, just like good work and, um, just, I don't know. It's really, I can only imagine like how difficult, you know, that must've been. And, you know, there's a lot of people, as you said, who are going through that right now, who have been through that. And so I'm sure you already know all we can do is like be examples, um, for, for people in whatever, like whatever capacity we are. So like in your, you know, in your capacity as not only, uh, you know, an iOS developer, not only as like a meetup um, organizer, but as this person who's gone through this struggle and came out, um, came out alive, came out better. And yeah. uh, yeah, So, so thank you for giving me the opportunity to share that story. It was really important to me to talk about that. Um, And just to say to anyone else uh, out there, I mean, the only reason I even want to bring it up is because I know there's at least one person out there. I imagine there's at least one person listening who can say, yeah, yeah, that's that's me. That's happening to me. Like like when I listened to that guy tell me the story in the coffee shop, it's like, oh, my God, that's me. Uh, and I thought I was the only one. And just know anyone out there listening, if, if you if you find yourself in that story or any pieces of it, um, you're not the only one. It turns out there's literally millions of us worldwide. Um it's a, you're, you're one Google search away from finding an, a near infinite a number of people that you can talk to about the kind of things that experiences you're having, the problems you're having. They had the same problems or similar ones. So, yeah, no, I also think it's important to to talk about. Yeah, I had no idea when we, you know, we uh, decided to schedule um, this interview. I just uh, and actually I didn't mention like I wanted to interview you because like when I had told people I wanted to uh, do a Patreon page, like you encouraged me. You were one of the first persons to like say. You should do it, and I will um, support you. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So, thank you for that. And like, that's you know. And then you, you know, you became my patron, pa- patron, and like, you're an organizer of a meetup. So I'm like, okay, well, I want to know who who Jeffrey is. Only after we decided to um, to do this interview and we scheduled it, like you told me about your story, and um, I think it's really important to talk about this stuff because I feel like. Um, in in all in all of the internet, but like um, if we just want to focus specifically about our industry, it's really filled with a lot of um, like happy path stuff. Like read this article or check out this cool thing I just did, or you know I'm at this conference and I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, there's a few people who talk about the other side, right? Because it's real life. You know, I'm a real person. You know, I have down days, um, <clears throat> just like everybody. And so I think that. It's just as important to talk about the other, you know, if we want to say it's like the other side or I don't know, the not happy stuff, right? The yep. struggles, because um, that's really where um, true, like, I don't know, just amazing things happen, right? I mean, like, think, if you think about a lot of the amazing things that have happened in the world, like even just in the recent like years, it comes a lot of it from just struggle, right? Like, yeah. 
if you think about like hip hop and like punk rock and skateboarding and even like Apple computer, it just comes out from like people in this kind of situation where they like, they want to make, they want to improve or you know, something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah, I just think it's important to talk about this stuff and, um, huh. I agree. Make it okay to talk about it. <sighs> so yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for having the courage to share that. Okay. <laughs> right on, man. Thanks for having so, me. So, yeah. Okay. Let's uh, spend the last bit of um, the episode talking about your experience as a uh, as a, a meetup organizer, specifically as the Winnipeg iOS developers um, meetup organizer. So when did you um, become the organizer and why? I think, okay, so it was right after I got here. Um, so what would it, it would have been a February of or January of last year, I believe. Okay, 2016. Cool. So, um, but I didn't actually like actively start doing anything right away. Um, so what happened was, is it was pretty shortly after we had moved out here to uh, Notre Dame. And uh, there had been a Winnipeg iPhone meetup group already in Winnipeg, but it, it had it it hadn't met since like 2013 and only a few times before that uh, it, it was just completely stagnant like nothing was happening um i think it was probably created when it, there only was an iphone that's why it wasn't called ios uh, <laughs> i'm serious uh and so but nothing like there was nothing going on so there's no community uh and i had been watching it and i had started i'd been thinking about it already for a little bit and thinking like man i wonder if i could maybe i could recommend to the organizer that or maybe I could volunteer to get something going again, or, or you know, what can I do? Uh, and we had just moved out here, and I wake up one morning, and there's an email sit waiting for me on my phone uh, that says from Meetup.com saying that the organizer has stepped down and the group is going to like implode, right? It's going to disappear. <laughs> and I go, and I think, okay, universe, uh, I guess you're you've just like they made the decision was made for me. Uh, okay, I guess I guess it's me now. Uh, and so I immediately I didn't bother asking anybody or. Doing it, I immediately just signed up to take it over. And at that time, things were way too crazy. We had just moved to a new town. We had just gotten married. Uh, uh, we don't have time to get into that. And <clears throat> anyway, uh, and so <laughs> I, I really did not have time for it. Uh, but I, I just signed up anyway. And I sent out this. I sent out a message. I wrote a message that day. Uh, and this is going to be. This is my advice to anyone trying to learn Swift. Um, do something terrifying. Just put yourself out oh, there. Yeah. Get out of your comfort zone. Go do something scary. Uh, oh yeah, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you're, if you're worried about maybe like messing up or looking dumb or um, saying something that's incorrect, all of those things are going to be true. But it doesn't matter because it's fun anyway. We just go out and you know we just go out and do something. And so I write this letter to the membership, uh, the existing membership. First of all, I changed the name and I, I, you know, made their new pictures and stuff. Uh, and I change. Uh, I write this uh, letter. I send out to the mailing list that uh, where I committed not only that I was going to take over as the organizer, but I commit to personally doing three presentations on beginning like beginner iOS development in Swift. Awesome. And uh, I had no idea what I was going to present on, or I had never done anything like that before. I just wrote the thing and said I'm going to do it, and they're going to happen once every month, and they're going to start on this day or whatever. Uh, I didn't even have a room booked. Like, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get uh, like where these things were going to happen. I just, okay, we're going to do it now. Awesome. Uh, and uh, and then things just, because I made that commitment and I sent it out, it was public. Like, once it's public, you know, you got to make good on it. Uh, and I the, I contacted the local college that I had gone to, and they they uh, became a, a sponsor and gave us free, uh, they waived the room rental fee. Uh, and 
and it started and I, because I had committed to doing that thing, I just, I had to come up with something. And so I came up with a, like a little map uh, based app, like a little, you know, put some pins on a map. That was pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, map kit. Map kit's great. That's one That's of the right. first uh, sessions I did. Right on, um, right? Okay, so, you know, making a public statement like that is a great way to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've kind of done that too. And it really is. It, it really is. Um, I'm not sure why it works, but it, it's awesome. Uh, okay, so why did you create it again? Like, what, what was that feeling? Why did you want to do that? The, so the main thing was that that whole feeling alone thing, not, not having anyone really to talk to. Like at this point in time, I still didn't have it. I really didn't have anyone I could talk to about iOS development. I think I knew of one name, one person who I had met like one time who was doing iOS development, um, but I didn't have any kind of real relationship with them. And I had, I had no one to talk to. Uh, like my whole first job, I learned how to do everything by myself by reading Stack Overflow articles, which is fine. That's a great, I mean, that's great. We, you know, we learn a lot from that. Uh, but I didn't have anyone to ask questions to. And I, and it was terrifying to be like totally responsible for something and have no backup. Um, I wanted a community to talk to and to get, um, you know, to learn from. Yeah. Uh, so and after- so that was it. I, uh, yeah, that was no, it. Go ahead. I don't know where I was going to go from there. I was going to ramble. So, <laughs> so after your first, couple uh, meetups what did the meetup group mean to you at that like early time uh at the beginning the biggest the two biggest things that i got out of it or that it like why it was important to me yeah uh, what it meant to me i think that's the question uh the two biggest things were uh, one i i wanted to get my name out there um, I, I kind of wanted Jeffrey Fulton to be, I have this goal. I know this is a little like maybe ego mania or something, but I, I would like when anybody in Manitoba, any companies, anybody's looking for iOS development or looking for a developer, I would like my name to come up in the conversation in some capacity. I think capacity. that's a great goal. I think that's a great goal. And uh, I know exactly what you feel when yeah. you feel like you're almost ashamed or not comfortable owning up to that goal. Um <laughs> But if that's a goal that you have, I think that's a that's a totally fine, fair yeah. goal, and you should you should go for it. Or, right on, thank or you. I don't know, maybe you already have accomplished. Well, that's it, the so. I'm on I'm on my way. Awesome, <clears throat> Jeffrey Fulton. Anyone out there listening? That's the name. All right. Okay. So <laughs> um, that was but the number second, one. The second part of it, yeah. Number two. So the number one, I wanted my name out there, uh, most mostly for professional reasons. Um, number two uh, was that I wanted to learn. Uh, I wanted to, um, like, I found out right away that doing presentations is the fastest way to increase your skill. Having to teach somebody else something means that I I spent hours and hours um, preparing for it. Right. And learning everything I could and and figuring out how do I convey this in a meaningful, concise way to somebody. Right. Um, And so I learned, I found out that this is the best way that I can learn anything is by committing to doing a presentation on a topic that I don't really know a lot about. So I think you're exactly right. And... uh... And I, th- I, th- yeah, I totally relate to that. Okay, so how long has it been now since you, it sounds like it's been over a year since you yeah. started the meetup. So uh, what does the meetup, you know, uh, now that you're, you've been doing it for a year, you're actually looking for someone to take over, like what does the meetup mean to you now? Is it similar? What's sort of different? What's the same? Uh, it's shifting more, at this point in time, it's shifting more into, uh, my goal is is probably more altruistic, which I feel pretty good about. Um, I'm, I, I realize that like, I'm, I've really just been doing presentations, just like you said, like you guys don't really do presentations, you find more value in, in there being you know, sessions, and, yeah. and having like, people being actively involved in it, like, right, it's not just a presenter and people listening, and that's it. Exactly. Um, and I haven't done a great job in that area. 
I've been pretty much just doing presentations. Um, and because I have, I usually try to do way too much than I can fit into the time allotted. Um, every time I try to encourage discussion, but I, I, you know, I record the screen, I record them as screencasts and then I listen back to them and I can, I can hear myself like cutting people off because I want to get to the next part. And I, I know yeah. that I have a lot of, pl- a lot of room to improve there. And so, uh, one of the things I'm going to contact you about offline is, uh, kind of get your, is have you give me a description of exactly how you run the sessions. Sure. Uh, and so that I, maybe I can take the piece of those pieces and maybe work it into the way we do it here. Um, yeah. I'm also really excited to announce that two people just shout out to Justin Stanley from Skip the Dishes and to Andrew Erickson from Robots and Pencils. They have their local iOS developers here and they've committed now uh, to at any point to do uh, presentations as well. So I got at least two more people that are stepping up. All right, great. That's really awesome. And hopefully, um, you know, after this episode, hopefully maybe there's some people in Winnipeg listening that are, are willing to help out as well. Um, yeah. You mentioned like picking my brain um, about how we do things like this is something that uh, my group we want to do, like me and the core team we want to do is like kind of uh, consolidate all this information and make it available to um, to people like, you know, how to create a meetup like specifically for Swift and iOS and, X, and, you know, and iOS apps and all that. Like, how do we do it? How do we lead our sessions? Um, so it, it's really interesting. I'm glad to hear that you you also want to learn about that. Yeah. So it's really cool. Okay, so um, anything else on like the meetup that you kind of want to mention? Or uh, w- what would you say to somebody who's kind of thinking about creating one um, for, for you know learning Swift, uh, learning iOS development in their hometown? And uh, they're kind of on the fence. Uh, I would say, uh, what would I say? I would say just, uh, well, the statement is, uh, no matter whether you feel like you're qualified to be the organizer or not, you are. You, you, like ev- anybody is. You, you actually, you might not even actually need to be a developer yet to be qualified to take one on. Because all our job really is, is to is to put in the work to advertise and get people to come together around a, a central idea. Yeah, and then you guys. You don't have to be together. the one exactly, and you don't have to be an expert because it's fun to listen to someone talk about how to set, how to like get a table view to work, right? Which is something that just about anybody could probably just read a Stack Overflow article and like have it working in an hour, um, or maybe a moment, or whatever it is. But what I'm saying is, you don't just do it. Um, I was really scared that I wasn't qualified or that people would laugh at me and be like, "Well, who's this guy? He doesn't have enough experience." Um, to be an organizer, you got to be a big deal. <laughs> it's there's no big deal there. We we don't need to know anything. Yeah, when I started mine, I had uh, little experience. My first uh, meetup session was about like putting a button on the you know on the screen, and when you press the button, it plays uh, a random song in the iTunes library. It's cool. And, yeah, and like people were stoked on that, and like I was learning and I was teaching. And uh, it's interesting now when um, I mention to people at uh, my meetup, like, hey, do you want to teach? And they're like, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I need to wait a little bit more before I learn. And I tell them, like, yeah. no, you don't. Like, there are people who know less than you, and they want to know what you want to, uh, what you, what you know. Um, yeah. So uh, you're exactly right. I think um, it's it's a really good point. You don't have to be an expert, um, especially if you want to create like a like a real basic learning environment <clears throat> as opposed to like a more advanced meetup where people like more advanced developers are sharing kind of knowledge. So Absolutely. All right. So thank you very much for that. Let's move on to uh, the rapid fire section. Uh, so the f- uh, first question is what drives you? Uh, I think one part ego, uh, 
wanting my name to be out there and wanting people to think I'm smart. <laughs> um, that's not like the most attractive thing, but it's true. I, I challenge any. I don't know if I believe anyone who's said they didn't have that. Uh, yeah. And then I think, uh, and then I think also there's the uh, the altruism. I, I get a kick out of watching people, uh, like helping people, yeah, um, and watching them like grow and succeed. And I, I just, I just enjoy it. I can't explain why those things are really important to me, or like, but that's it. Yeah, that's something that I definitely relate to, um, and I'm I'm trying to like just be okay with that. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I felt like I had to have some other goal, like some, I don't know, like if you look at like Elon Musk, he's like trying to like take people to outer space. And it's like, <laughs> it's pretty you good. Know, I, have, I have this feeling of like, I want to do something as great. Um, but then I realized like, well, if I get a kick out of like helping people, I mean, that's a pretty cool goal too, right? Like yeah. to help change people's lives. Um, so I've been trying to be like more okay with that and, and owning that and accepting that and okay <clears throat> so uh desktop or laptop laptop standing or sitting i'm gonna say sitting which i don't think i've heard on the show yet everyone seems to be everyone says standing <laughs> um i'm sitting i feel totally okay about that <laughs> and uh um you know I, I got a really nice chair and i like it <laughs> nice uh get from the command line or from the gui Command line. Oh, I shouldn't. I answered too fast. I like your "what's Git" question. It's my favorite when you started doing. <laughs> no, that. I sometimes ask it, but I didn't ask it this time. I love that question. Um, I'm I'm command line. I'm terminal. Um, but I will say that I can't remember exactly what the flags are. Um, but I have a like an alias setup to uh-huh. so that there's like a graphical representation in the terminal. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, For the Git know, log, it's a Git yeah. log dash dash graph. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and it's all like color coded and it's got timestamps on it. So I think yeah. without that, I would say absolutely I'd have to, I'd need a GUI. But because I have that, um, it's working out really well. Yeah, and also yeah. maybe, maybe I don't deal with complex enough projects with like multiple uh, branches that I need to look at. So, um, right. I mean, if you're only working like with you or one other developer, yeah. then maybe it's not as complex, not as much merging. Um, Vim or Emacs? Vim. Or Nano? <laughs> a Vim? Vim. And cool. because of the key bindings are awesome, I actually have the vintage mode turned on in Sublime, which I do use quite a bit. Um, Interesting. Where I, yeah, love those, love those Vim key bindings. Yeah, I need to get better at that stuff. Um, okay, tests or no tests? Ooh, uh, <laughs> tests. I've even actually started to uh, um, do them in projects where I don't think it's necessary, and the client didn't, ne- you know, didn't need Re- them. But I actually shipped a bug recently that was caught because, I, or I shipped a bug. Because I didn't write a test, and I, that immediately was like, okay, you write tests now. Yeah, so, tests. Yeah. I'm trying to get better with writing tests. Um, okay, so I want to talk about your Twitter profile picture. Um, it looks like you're in a nice, like uh, nearby, maybe near a lake uh, or yeah. like a river, like beyond I'm those in trees a stream. is maybe a river. No, in oh, really? under my feet. Yeah, my feet are inside of a stream in that shot. <laughs> oh wow, I don't know why. I can just yeah. kind of like feel it. And yeah. it's a nice green, you know, lush area. You look really happy. Yeah. What's going on in this photo? I was on a road trip uh, to, I think that was, I think that one was close to, uh, it was in Quebec somewhere. Uh, I was on a road trip with my wife, my now wife. I don't think we were married then. Um, oh, that's great. But I, I like that picture because it's, because uh, it says hello. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I didn't think about that. Like, hey, yeah. welcome to my Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, let's see. <clears throat> looking at some of your like latest tweets uh canadians at rw devcon wait is that you oh yeah oh, oh yeah is that you with greg he- uh, Hugh and the really yeah. big beard 
Yeah, man, we I know uh, we're way we're over time already, but yeah, that's me. I'm I'm yeah, that beard is my new hobby. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's your new hobby. Oh awesome. yeah, man. I even got the I even got like the twisted up mustache now. It's crazy. Oh, that's cool. So and you met Greg Hio. Yeah. Yeah, I met a whole oh, bunch of those cool. guys, uh, the MTJC crew. Oh, right. Right, yeah. More than just code. Uh, yeah. From Canada, right? That's that's right. That's right. Yeah, was, Tim was, Tim Mitra. Oh, that's Tim Mitra. Was Aaron Vay there? Uh, no, I, I think he's he's actually not hasn't been on the podcast for a while. Um, oh, okay, but I don't think he was there. I didn't meet him. That's for sure. Okay, cool, awesome. Um, okay, so um, where can people contact you online? Uh, on Twitter at uh, at Jeffrey Fulton CA. All right. Awesome. Or there's also uh, my website, um, which oh man, we didn't. I know we don't have time to get into that, but and it's not. The current website is just a regular, some project I made while I was in college, but I was trying uh, the, one of the projects I'm working on now is rebuilding my website okay. with, perf- with perfect. Oh, and nice. I wanted to have that done in order to like ready to talk about on the show. But, um, so my website is jeffreyfulton.ca. Um, it's not, it soon will be a, uh, hopefully it'll be a perfect, uh, a blog written in perfect. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So, so you're going to use perfect to power the back end, but you're. Like, are you going to use some of those like um, Swift um, stencil or template engines or something like that? Or I was just so far. I've just been using Mustache. Okay, right. I think that's what it is. It was I? Um, this is my first time attempting a uh, server side Swift project, but I'm really pretty excited about server side Swift. Okay, awesome, really cool. So, if people want to potentially hire you or reach out to you about to talk about a uh, potential contract, they can reach out to you um, on Twitter or through your website. Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. And last but not least, one piece of advice for people learning Swift. Go. Do something terrifying. Yeah. Put yourself out there. Just just go and do it. It's going to be scary. You might look dumb. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I recently heard something like um, when you're when you're, there's like a lot of change, um, life like uh, feels longer as opposed to like. You kind of just do the same thing. It's kind of stagnant. Life goes by faster. And also, like, when we put ourselves in different environments, we have to adapt. We learn more. Um, we there, Again, it goes back to that kind of struggle. Like, we're more actively engaged, and we, we just have a more, I don't know, engaging and, like, um, valuable experience. And so uh, I told my fiancé, Lucy, I was like, you know what? We need to just, like, be more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we <clears throat> we had like a little vacation uh, recently, and then like the next weekend we went and like slept in a car like over uh, by the Salton Sea, and we we're cool. like, you know, we were just at like a five star hotel, and like this weekend we're uh, you know sleeping in the back of a like a rented car. Like we said, we wanted to like get more un- uh, uncomfortable, and like we're doing it. It's really funny, but like I think yeah. it's really it's really good. You're exactly right. Like get out there and do challenging things do things that scare you, um, you know, don't go jump off a cliff or something. <laughs> I meant Swift before, related, Swift yeah, exactly. related, do exactly. something scary. Yeah, totally. Okay, Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story with us, you know, going from, uh, your dad bringing home the, uh, what was that? The 486 DX 66 computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, what did you what did you, oh yeah you played like doom 2 uh on it and then somehow like you found this q basic 
um, you know, uh, IDE and this Nibbles game, and you were playing that and editing it, and you kind of had this like early love for for programming. And uh, in high school, I believe it was, or or just before high school, you started uh, <clears throat> like hacking. You know, you hacked the computer system at your at your school, kind of got in some some trouble. Um, and you know, luckily you had somebody who sort of focused your your attention, but then that kind of fell through and you sort of, you know, you did some bad things again on the computer <laughs> and you got banned from the computer lab and you went on this like 10 year, you know, downward spiral, as you say, like, um, which, uh, you know, is really formative, like really a, a consequential, like in your life. But luckily, um, you, you know, found uh, at least one person, um, to help you through that. <clears throat> which led you know, to, uh, you know, to you changing your life around and getting back into programming and going to school and getting your degree, getting an iOS developer job and falling in love with programming again or, or rediscovering your interest in programming and uh, falling in love with iOS development. And uh, now, you know, you, you have that and you're focused on uh, making a name for yourself in your community as like as, as the iOS developer to work with, um, which is awesome, and uh, making yourself available to the community in Winnipeg, people who are interested in learning iOS development, um, you know, making yourself available to them and creating a community, a, a meetup for them to come and learn. Um, and yeah, now uh, here on the podcast, sharing that story, a super powerful story and making yourself available to other people who might be going through something similar. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for that. Thank you hugely for having me. And that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Swift Coders podcast. Feel free to share the show with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or recommend us on Overcast. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi, contact me on Twitter. Until next time... Go swiftly, my friends. <laughs>